guys hello and welcome back i'm georgia fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 153 yeah baby today we are talking about faith because i gotta have faith 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 ah, i gotta have faith and um i put out a blog this week or last week the weeks are just flying in um all about um my mum and dad who got married 50 years ago we celebrated their wedding anniversary at the weekend and it was just magic and when I was sort of putting a few words together about what my parents have taught me I was getting quite emotional, totes emotion. I had to practice reading a couple times before a family meal and thankfully I managed to read it without being a blubbering wreck but I did need to have a bit of a cry the day before um, but yeah one of those things that has been an absolute anchor for my parents has been their faith and I've always found it a bit of a taboo topic. You guys know I love to talk about taboo subjects because as my amazing guest who I'm about to introduce says, you know, the perception in our modern culture about faith or religion or Jesus or God, you must, um, or, or dogma, or, you know, it, it can be very complicated. You know, they say never bring up politics or religion around the dinner table. There's clearly a, a reason for that. I and mean, you dig deeper. Um, as we say, keeping an open mind is so important as to why, you know, no one can say they know all the answers. And uh, we can only speak from our own experience, but it's getting to the source of why there is stigma and shame. Because what I found is having been raised in the church, it was such a, a kind of amazing, I saw all the really good, but then there was obviously, you know, fallouts and politics and stuff you read in the press. And as we talk about in this episode, when power is abused in the church, of course the news, as we know, only tell the negative stories. So I was almost like, when I got older, oh, this is a real divide. You know, it's like having faith was maybe uncool or it was hypocritical because there was bad things that we heard about in the press. But I never lost my faith. And I feel like we're all on a personal journey. But when I got really into the wellness world and mental health, what I found was, and when I was looking at the vibrational scale, that faith was right up at the top. And what I was finding my research was, like, without faith, you know, it it really can um, impact, um, you know, our, our mindset, our mental health. There was studies linked with depression and a lack of faith. And, you know, what that can do if you don't have that sense of hope. So this week, we're going to talk about how faith can improve physical and mental well-being. And this was a um, chat from former Harley Street consultant of the Glorify app, which has launched with a new body update. Um, so Natalie Braithwaite, who we speak about, she's worked with some huge clients during her career. Um, and she believes that prayer has physical benefits and can ease stress and anxiety. Natalie says, God created us as body, mind and soul and spirit. We can interact with God in all of these areas. Scientific research is continually teaching us more about our bodies and at the same time discovering that this truth is already in the Bible. Natalie's expertise has helped uh, from nine video-based tools to aid believers in their relationship with God. And she's teamed up with my fabulous guest today, who is Ben Blumel. Ben's a pastor, a writer, and he helped to form Body, which is a new category on Glorify, which is an app designed to help Christians strengthen their daily connection with God. 
Um, the app has had some massive support from the likes of Michael Bublé. Any Michael Bublé fans here? Sing a little bit of Michael Bublé, add a little bit of that to your uh, playlist. And uh, Kris Jenner as well. Uh, so if you're a fan of the Kardashians. Um, so there's been high profile funding for this app. Um, Glorify was launched by Ed Beckel and Henry Costa. And the story of the app is really interesting, actually. It's got an amazing, amazing community. So this week, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper and explore um, faith, explore, um, you know, Ben's thoughts on the taboo areas of it. Um, and just, yeah, sort of break down what we can do from a mindful point of view and a well-being point of view. Ben says, this new body category will help Christians learn how to still their bodies, control emotions and regulate stress levels to the extent that the voice of God is more audible than ever in their lives. This means learning to incorporate their bodies, minds and souls into their spiritual, devotional and worship practice. It was really interesting to chat with Ben about his faith and how it's been an anchor in his life. And I'll just share a really powerful extract before we jump in and introduce them. So let's do it. No, certainly for me, my, my faith is, is my anchor. Um, and in a world, as you say, where there's, there is really tough stuff all around and evil around, faith is the thing that has constantly given me hope. It gives me hope for the future. It grounds me in who I am and my purpose. Um, I, I always find my faith calibrates me like in a world that's so easy to drift in different directions, but I want to and I desire to be a person that loves others and helps others and serves others. But I'm also a human being and I can drift and become selfish so easily. And to me, my faith is always that recalibration of actually it gives me that perspective again that the world is bigger than me and that because I can have hope, I can hopefully reach out and help someone else with that hope. And so, and then everything from the well-being stuff as well, actually understand my faith has been a route to peace for me. And I'm not saying that I'm always a person of perfect peace because I absolutely get stressed and feel anxious like everyone else. But faith is always my route back to that place of peace and joy. And ben, welcome to Time for a Mojo Injection. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to have you here. And today we're talking about the big word of faith and mm. um, how it can help to boost our physical, our mental health. And, you know, I always say, you know, we've got our physical, our emotional and mental health. But we've also got our spiritual health. And sometimes for people, it can be a bit taboo because mm. some people aren't sure what they believe in. They're not sure if we do have spiritual health. You'll be with me, I'm, sh I'm sure, and say, well, you know you have spiritual health. And it's, it's something that's hard to talk about from a scientific point of view sometimes because it's a feeling you get, mm. or, you know, and we can talk about your experience. But what I've found is without that faith, and even if you look in the kind of well-being world, it'll talk about the vibrational scale in our emotions. And faith is mm. actually at the top and fear is at the bottom, you know, yeah. the highest vibration. And I'm going... Right, so lots of people are preaching about the vibrational and the energy of our health, faith being the highest, so why are we not talking about it more and why are people afraid of it? So I'd love to just hear, and firstly, about your faith and when you discovered faith and, and what it means to you and how it helps your well-being. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it's definitely been a journey for me as I think it is for, for all people. And, and faith is something that, um, sort of in my experience, it's just this, it's this constant wrestle. It's this question of worldview. It's, you know, it's asking the big questions, you know, why am I here? What am I doing? What, what is my purpose? And so for me, I think, you know, I certainly, I would never consider myself as someone who has arrived in the journey of faith. I'm very much still on that journey. And, um, been on it for for a number of years now um i was actually i was raised in a christian home um but probably i guess through my childhood was very apathetic towards faith so didn't really sort of engage with it you know i'd go to church if my parents went to church um i think it was probably at, at university sort of that sort of age where i really started the wrestle for myself um, and started asking the tough questions and at university, I was studying classics, which is like, you know, it's, it's ancient history. It's doing some of the ancient languages like Latin and Greek, which uh, I understand are not that relevant in today's day and age. But what it did actually do, one of the things which was sort of a, a surprise side quest, if you will, um, was it started me thinking about sort of like the reliability of like Christian scriptures and all of that. And so that's really where I started just sort of engaging with um, faith as sort of slightly more seriously and sort of asking myself the question is this um, is this the worldview that I want to commit to so that was sort of the the journey I actually then went on to become a lawyer and qualified as a lawyer um, and then from there um, quite a drastic career move I guess um, have ended up as a pastor for the past sort of seven years or so so it's been um, for me it feels like quite an adventure um, but I think you know you mentioned well-being and um, that to me has been perhaps a slightly more recent part of my faith journey. Um, I maybe started from a slightly more academic perspective, especially when I was sort of wrestling with the scriptures and the reliability. But I think it's over the past few years, and obviously there have been quite a number of triggers over the past few years when it comes to challenges to our well-being, whether it's been, you know, COVID or anything, and there's just been so much going on where I've started to ask myself the questions, actually, what does faith have to input into the sphere of well-being? Um, and as you mentioned, Jojo, actually, the, as I started to open up that rabbit hole, I realized, gosh, there's a whole, potentially a whole dimension here to my faith that I've not really fully understood. And that's been the, the past few years of, of this journey of saying, gosh, actually, well-being is a really critical part to faith. And faith and well-being go together. They're not these sort of two things to separate and hold a disconnect between, you know, I've got my physical and mental well-being over here and then I've got my faith, you know, over here in some different box. But actually the, these things go together and removing that disconnect and realizing that faith is a matter for mind, body, soul and spirit. Um, I think, you know, my eyes widen at this because I just, I get excited because I've started to see the results myself, but also I realize that this is a journey that I'm now on of being like, actually this, yeah, there's so much here that I can explore that can be really valuable to the way that I think and my physical well-being when it comes to my faith. Yeah, it's powerful, isn't it? And mm. I mean, I think as well with the world speeding up and technology, taking that time to pray and to connect um, and we'll talk about the app shortly and, and the tools and how it can help you do that. But how do you find, because I always think when you, you know, you hear a pastor speaking, you're like, right, they must have it sussed, you know, and you hear about books, like I've read the book, How to Pray, uh, um, mm. must know, they must be like perfect to pray, they must 
know the exact time of the day because sometimes I'm like right I'll do my prayers with my kids at night and my daughter who's nine it's so important to her we have that prayer time and I can see her well-being lift and we're, mm. praying, we're praying start praying what we're thankful for and then we pray for people that are in need um, and then we pray sort of for sleep and then I go off to bed and I'm shattered <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah lying in bed going right I should be praying now like oh right maybe the morning's the best time or maybe uh, so how talk to me about your kind of journey with prayer and how you mm. work on that yeah well I think you know often the illusion that pastors have it sussed is definitely far off and certainly I don't feel like I've got it sussed and um, I think one of the big things for me with prayer is just reminding myself consistently that, you know, if we're believing that um, we pray and God listens, then this is a really relational activity. Like prayer is about communicating. And as with any human relationship, um, you know, there's going to be times where you feel like the communication is going really well and it's easy. And there are other times when communication is harder. And Often, I think as Christians, we can jump really quickly to almost beating ourselves up and saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this really badly or I'm failing at prayer or I'm bad at praying. But actually, for me, it's been actually taking a little bit of that weight off my shoulders and saying, no, no, if prayer is this relational activity, if prayer is this um, sort of safe space, then there doesn't necessarily need to be this formula to it. And sometimes I can pray when I'm really tired and it can just be like, God help me or God thank you, like as simple as that. What other times I might be, I don't know, walking to the supermarket and just praying as I walk and almost just like that chatting with God. And I think once you can sort of, I guess, move slightly into that mind space of prayer is not this religious ritual, mm -hmm. but prayer is an ongoing conversation. And, you know, if you're shattered and you just fall asleep and you haven't even said a word of prayer, it's not like that was your last chance. The conversation continues in the morning. You know, you can get up and you can chat and you can be... You don't always have to have that quiet prayer space. Sometimes it can be in a noisy environment, a couple of words. And then other times you might find that you're on a walk or in a quiet space and you can actually just have a spend a longer time praying. And I think that's sort of where my relationship with prayer is developing into. It's, it started maybe as feeling like, okay, I've got to pray every morning or whatever it is. And I'm learning, and there are actually, there's scriptures about this, right? There's, um, especially in the New Testament, talk about sort of praying constantly or ceaselessly. And they're clearly not talking about hiding away forever and just praying to God by yourself. They're talking about incorporating this conversation with God into the everyday activities, the going to the park or um, cooking or putting your daughter to bed or whatever it is. And that to me then starts to, to um, it's helped me. It's helped me to, stay calm and not not think oh god's gonna be angry with me like anything like that i start to realize no god loves to talk with me as i like to talk with him and once the pressure goes i think that's where the spirit settles and you can find it easier over time yeah i find sometimes you know i've got really into wild swimming and that's a place where mm. i you know sometimes say a little prayer and just have a wee chat and then the sun will come beating down at certain moments and i'm like oh wow this is powerful stuff or yeah, as you say, like sometimes in the car in traffic or yeah. put a song on and I'll be singing and just, and that's almost like a, a way of prayer as well. You know, if there's like a, a line, it's as well with my soul or, you know, something and you're kind of, oh, this is, this is sort of like a form of communication as well, isn't yeah. it? Like getting, getting into that spirit, isn't it? And it's, what would you say to someone who's a bit afraid of trying to 
to get into that spirit, that soul, because they often say quiet in the mind and the soul will speak. And I often find I've heard the voice of God coming to me. Like I was out running once and I was in recovery. I'd been really unwell. And the voice mm. said, um, be bold, be strong for the Lord your God is with me. So it's not be bold, be strong. And I was going, but it was so commanding. And it was like, be bold, be strong mm. like, right down. And I was like, that is in my mind, completely the voice of God speaking. But what mm. would you say to people? Because in the mindfulness world, to say all oh, the ego's stopping you from accessing because mm. you're saying, oh, the ego's like, oh, that's all nonsense. Faith's all woo and stupid and, uh, yeah. you know. Um, so what would you say to people that find it all a bit scary? Yeah, I think, I think that's, you know, especially in, in today's day and age, there's so many um, preconceptions, aren't there? Because, you know, from the moment we get born into our culture, we are being bombarded with messages about what faith is or isn't. And as a result of that, you know, everything, depending on your upbringing or which school you went to, kind of had a real big effect on how you view what it actually means to step into a place of faith. And I think that's something that's really important to just be aware of because, um, Faith is obviously a very personal journey. And so understanding that your faith isn't necessarily going to take exactly the same path as maybe the person that you've seen, whether it was, I don't know, a teacher or a parent who had, had their faith and realizing, okay, if there, if there is a God and this God is, you know, as the Christian scriptures say, is a personal God and sees us as sons and daughters, then that means he is going to see me as me. And that hopefully takes away just one of the barriers of, you know, will I be good enough? Often these are the questions that people think of, like, you know, either I've done too many wrong things in my life or I feel like God's angry at me or God doesn't care about me, even if I don't. But actually putting those questions to one side and saying, actually, if I can just trust first the Christian scriptures that say that God loves me and try and step into that space without holding, you know, holding my preconceptions, if you were, just to one side and opening my mind. And then, as you say, you can be really surprised by how God speaks to you and when God speaks to you. It's not necessarily that, like, if I do this, then God is going to say that. But actually, if God is within creation and this is his creation, then we're going to encounter him in so many different ways. And everyone's going to encounter him in lots of different ways as well. And I think hopefully that's sort of an encouragement that, you know, whoever you are or whatever you currently believe, just to almost give faith a chance and to take down the walls of preconception and to take a step into that space. And as you said, Jojo, sometimes it's just the moment of being able to quieten our minds for a period of time that opens that door for something to happen. And there's no prescription as to what that might be, but it gives it a chance rather than, you know, in a lot of everyday life. We're often just running too fast to give any of that stuff a chance. There's everything happening, whether it's kids or work or the various stresses of life. And I think some of what this well-being stuff is all about is actually slowing down for long enough to give faith an opportunity to either take root or to show itself, you know, all of those things. Yeah, it's powerful. And, and what about um, the other side? So I know when I go into some churches, I am buzzing by the, it's like an instant, you know, when you go into a devotional place and you, you feel like, whoa, um, and sometimes as well with like worship music and that powerful i have been like floating out <laughs> in, 
it's a beautiful thing but sometimes I felt like so much love and you know you say God is love right so mm. God that that's what I that's how I describe God you know when people say to me oh God is judgment you know or the part about it's mm. the dogma and I like, no it's not I'm meant to change who I am I'm meant to I'm not accept it and I'm not love for this and that and I, I just say well to me God is love and if you focus on that and there's been times that I've felt so much overwhelming love and I've come out of a session and the music's been really powerful and I felt so connected and I've been with people and I've felt so much love pouring out of me and it feels supernatural it doesn't feel mm. from me but how do you stay grounded when you have deep spiritual experiences like that where you feel like you've literally been touched with the holy spirit and because you have these calm you can have these calm quiet moments as you say like in nature or you know when they say it's like a still small whisper yeah I don't know if you've ever had a really overwhelming experience like that where you felt almost out of body. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, it's, I've had a, I've had a couple of those experiences. I love what you're sort of drawing on there. And I think that's the, you're really helping to shape that faith is a journey and there are going to be these amazing moments. Like you say, there, it's a spiritual experience, a mountaintop experience, if you will. There's just something you're like, it's almost like you get a glimpse into what is beyond the physical realm for a moment. But then the reality is we still live in this world. So we're going to come back into that world at some point. We're not going to live our lives in this sort of, um, you know, I guess, spiritual moment. We're going to go through those moments and we're going to learn and we're going to come out the other side back into everyday life. into the alarm goes off at the normal time. We go into work. We come back from work. And I think when we start to then see our spiritual um, experiences a journey that then starts to make sense because we're learning and growing I, um, I read a, a quote the other day that just said everyone is becoming someone and the point was we're all being formed somehow into with every day that goes past our experiences the way we think the people we interact with we're all forming into someone regardless of who we are and I think for me what faith does is it directs that formation and it says actually like through your experiences, your spiritual experiences, you know, the Bible would say it's helping you become more and more like Jesus, that loving expression of who God is. That's the journey of spiritual formation. And so I think that's, um, you know, for those people, because I think I've also chatted to a lot of people with a really strong faith that rarely have those experiences and yet their faith is really strong. So it's not necessarily the number of spiritual experiences that you have that determine whether your faith is good or bad. I think for whatever reason, I don't have the answer to this. Some people experience these things, other people experience them less so or in a different way. And again, sort of coming back to what I was chatting about earlier, learning that this faith walk with God can look different for different people. There's no formula. You don't have to have the formula. You don't have to be doing it like the person next to you or the person that you saw. Um, but yeah, these, these sort of mountaintops and then valleys on the other side, tough times in life as well, understanding that that's all part of the journey and not necessarily, um, you know, we can't be seeing that as a barometer of whether I'm doing well or whether I'm doing badly, whether I'm having these experiences or not. Right. Yeah. I think as well, though, it's, it's knowing, as you say, it's such a personal thing and the Bible speaks about gifts. And someone said to me, I think you've got a discernment gift and someone had said oh you're a feeler so if you're a mm. feeler right then perhaps some people may say oh you're an intense person or whatever you're too intense or you know these things you hear from society but if you feel quite deeply 
and then you go into an environment like that where it's very strong energy, very strong spiritual energy, and you're a feeler, then mm. perhaps you're more likely to, but then it's the same with your mental health. If you're a feeler, then you can go higher or you can go lower as well. So it's knowing, because my mom is very grounded, but quite protected and she would always say, like they used to go to a really, I was brought up in the Brethren Church, so talk about mm. like hardcore. Um, wow. But before that, my mum and dad went to a really charismatic place. But my mum was very wary and my dad was like, yeah, like loving that, loving it. And my mum had said, just be careful, you know, with your, your mind as well, because you have to stay grounded. We're so often yeah. So it's knowing that we're all different. Some of us are kind of free spirit, open-minded and get right into these things. And then others, it's like, it doesn't have to be that that way as well it can just be a very quiet and I guess there's no mm. right or wrong but we just have to look after ourselves I guess oh absolutely and I think going back to that idea of like if it's a relationship with God if you imagine a father with say five children the father's going to have a different relationship with each of the five children because that's an acknowledgement that the children are unique right and they are individual and so although all of the five children have got the same father or mother the relationship is different between those. And I think it's remembering that with God as well. Like we're all children and we're all uniquely made and we're all different. And therefore it's okay that our relationship with our heavenly father is going to look different from the people around us. And like, that's actually, it's a great, to me, it's a reassurance that we've been made uniquely and that God is personal with us. He doesn't treat us all the same. Um, and um, yeah, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And I think, uh, we should touch on shame as well because I hear people say for example mm. you know there's a group of us that will meet and pray and I've heard some people say I don't feel worthy of prayer I feel like I've not my face not strong enough or uh, I don't you know you hear that a lot or uh, uh, who am I to you know it's that kind of conditioning and I'm saying it's not about that you know no, mm. no, nobody's perfect and the you know it's not it's that kind of holy image of a way you should be and it's so far from the truth it shouldn't stop you from from that should it like absolutely and i think to me like when when you look at sort of the i guess the biblical narrative as a whole that's where the life of jesus to me really sticks out because you know you can read the old testament and you do see you see god's power and you see god's holiness all throughout scripture and especially you see it a lot in the old testament but it's when Jesus comes and walks on this planet and you just watch how he deals with people. He deals with the broken. He deals with the marginalized. He deals with those that society would consider to be the biggest sinners. And he goes to them and he sits with them and he sees them and he understands them and he loves them. And I think to me, that is the biggest um, and always has been the biggest reassurance that that's the heart of God, that there's no one that is too far away from him, that there's no one that's done you know, something that will mean that God rejects them. But rather, it's actually, if you look at Jesus, you get this picture of this loving God that is just, just wants to reach out and be with the broken and be with those that feel like they have made so many mistakes and be with those that just feel ashamed of whether, whatever it is, who they are, what they've done. We, we actually serve the God that wants to reach out and love those people. And so I think you're exactly right what you say. When we come before God in prayer, we don't need to become with all of our stuff together, like as perfect human beings. 
we can come before him broken and we can come before him crying and we can come before him ashamed and he will not reject us. He will welcome us in and he will comfort us and care for us and guide us. And that's like, that's, that's the God I serve. That's the God I want to serve for eternity. You know, this is, this is the loving God. And I think that's where, again, helping people to challenge their preconceptions. Maybe they did grow up, whether it could have been a Christian school, it could have been something that just somehow subtly taught them that they weren't good enough for God. I think part of my mission, and I know a lot of people is actually saying, no, that's not the God of the Bible. Um, you You are good enough for God. He loves you and he cares for you and he wants that relationship with you. Yeah, it's powerful stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So how did you get involved with Glorify then? Because there's, um, you know, it's got an amazing, amazing uh, community there and it's really mm. transforming the lives of people, their well-being, their time to have connection. Um, talk to us about that. Yeah, that's absolutely. I think Glorify is just this, this beautiful app with an amazing mission. You know, their aim is um, to reach out to everyone from the curious in faith to the committed in faith. Um, to help them find peace and joy and connection with God. And so I love their mission and um, I know some of the guys that are involved with it. And so earlier this year, um, just through conversations with some of the team at Glorify, um, they asked if I would partner with them. And I know, you know, it's not just me that's partnering with Glorify. What Glorify wants to do, especially moving forward, is partner with a whole range of different pastors and ministries and churches in order like all across the breadth of Christianity in order to be able to produce sort of rich and relevant and useful content for, um, for the church. And so that's sort of where this began. Um, you know, Glorify were, were talking about some of the stuff that they were planning on creating and some of this in particular, the body content, which um, I know is obviously very linked to what we've been talking about and well-being and all of that. And they just asked if I'd come and think with them and dream with them and we'd create some content. Um, and with um, they've got an incredible, um, she's an amazing well-being sort of consultant, Natalie Braithwaite, who's, um, if you see any of the videos, she's the one who does a lot of the guided um, breathing exercises, meditations, all of that. And she's just got incredible expertise in that whole area. And then I sort of came on board to um, sort of more as, I guess, um, from a theological perspective to talk about actually where is this coming from in the Bible? And so that's how this project then started to, um, I guess, gain shape. And then the result, which we're, we're really happy with, is the start of this sort of body series of what it means to include our physical bodies and our physiology into our faith journey. Amazing. So do you use the app? How does it look for someone who's going to have planned their day around it? Yeah, I think one of the, I think the, the great things about the way that the app works is it's really flexible for people to work it around their schedules. So there's everything, you know, when you log on to the app, there's everything from just simple daily devotionals that you can read or listen to, some quotations that are inspiring, that just get you thinking. But then also as well, there's these whole, a whole load of these curated meditations and video content. Um, and some of them are designed for, you know, you can listen to them in the morning when you first get up, you can listen to them before you go to bed. Um, some of the stuff that Glorify has been doing recently have involved like sleep stories as well. Some things to help you actually, um, as you fall asleep, um, listening to scripture, listening to, um, to worship music. But the idea of the app is that it's not too prescriptive, that it's like, oh, I've got to do this at this point. 
but rather whoever you are and um, in whatever way you want to engage with the app. There's hopefully content there that can help you if you've had a stressful day, if you're feeling anxious, um, if you're over busy and you need something really quick, like there's something for everyone I think is the, is the dream. And there's something for kids as well and stories and all that. There is. Yeah, there's, um, there's, some, there's some new like bedtime stories that they've been putting up as well, um, which again is designed like we understand and glorify understands obviously, especially with families as well, like they want to help the whole family move forward in faith. And if the kids are going to sleep well and got some good content and bedtime stories, that's also going to give space for the adults as well to be able to engage. Um, and so I know that they're, yeah, I just love their mission, which is why I wanted to, to partner with them. I can see what they're doing and where they're going. And to me, it's just something that feels so necessary in our, in our modern culture. It's so true. And Michael Bibley's involved. Did he not help fund some of it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's been, there were a few celebrities, I believe, who have got involved in some of the funding, which again, I think it's just exciting. I think it shows that there is a bit of an awakening at the moment, you know, through every level of society to the potential importance of faith during this time. And going right back to what you were saying at the beginning, actually understanding that faith has a part to play in our well-being. And I think some of the, I guess, sort of the investments that Glorify has seen um, from some of these guys demonstrates that people have got their eyes open to this at the moment. And I think that's exciting as well. Faith is, yeah, it's just something I believe we should talk about more. And it can be hard because from my experience, mm. I dig a bit deeper and I go to someone, for example, why do you hate Jesus? Like someone would say, well, yeah. Jesus is like one of my worst dinner party guests. And I'm going, what? But Jesus is like peace and love. And, and they're like, oh, no. And I'm thinking, oh, is it because it's that kind of, you know, that dog, oh, he wouldn't set me for who I am or things like that. Or you hear, I'll say to some people mm. against faith, faith or like churches or, or whatever. Oh, because something happened in the childhood. And yeah. that's yeah. the thing because there's, there's bad in the world so much love in the world and then there is don't really like to use the word evil but there is that you know you can see it you just have to turn on the news and it's how do we you know we need this love more than ever but i can understand why people are scared what would you say to someone who's who's angry and and Mm. finds it really hard to have faith in this world yeah absolutely i I would say firstly that they're, they're absolutely validated to have those feelings and emotions because as you say Jojo you just look around and also as well if you look into the church and church history and there has been and you just can't get around it there's been abuse there's been abuse of power there's been all of these like terrible things that have come out of the church as well that have led people to this place of feeling whether it's anger or frustration or sorrow when they think about Jesus or they think about faith and so I think that's a really good place to start is actually those um those those feelings are totally valid it's not you know they're not to be ignored they they're not to be suppressed but rather they need to be worked through and processed in safe spaces um I think always my encouragement is that so often is that the the Jesus that I have encountered from scripture and the Jesus that I have encountered in my life has not been the Jesus that you see so often, whether it's in media or whether it's through certain people's actions in the church or um, 
I've encountered a Jesus and I trust the words of scripture and I've experienced the life of that Jesus in my own life and the love is actually very different from much of the perception that exists in our modern culture. And so I think as with, as with anything, and even for me as a Christian, my advice to myself is the same. We have to keep an open mind on this journey of faith. And even if we've had tough experiences in the past, actually opening again and saying, actually, maybe it is time to give this a chance again. And how can I get to the source of it is always a good question to ask, rather than someone else's perception or what I saw in the media or an article that I read. Actually, where does this come from? And always then I would say, well, I'd direct people back to the Bible first and foremost, the Gospels. Like, read about this man, Jesus, for yourself. Um, look at what he did. Look at the way he treated people and start from there and then have conversations with people. Ask others for their experience. We can live in a world, I think, where we can get caught in our own echo chambers, right? Where we can come to the opinion whether, you know, whether it's me saying I'm a Christian, so now I'm only going to listen to other Christians. Mm-hmm. or whether it's someone saying actually I'm really angry at faith so I'm only going to listen to people that are equally angry with faith yeah. and I think one of the big challenges for our modern world is can you cross boundaries and hear people that think differently to you and hear their experiences and open your mind and I would just say for those yeah for those that are angry and are hurting at Jesus or the church just start there start with the processing of your emotions realizing that they're valid and then opening your mind to, is there another way to look at this? Powerful stuff. And how, just yeah. sort of finish this off, how would you see your life being different? Just say at uni, you decided, oh, no, this is a lot of nonsense and I'm just going to be a person, just doing my thing and sack off the faith. How would your life mm. be different, do you think, had you not taken that chance? Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's a really good question. I think you know, I mentioned earlier, I was, uh, I've been a pastor for um, seven or eight years now. Before that, I was a lawyer. So I think I'd still be a lawyer, um, although I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. But, but, but um, no, certainly for me, my, my faith is, is my anchor. Um, and in a world, as you say, where there's, there is really tough stuff all around and evil around, faith is the thing that has constantly given me hope. It gives me hope for the future. It grounds me in who I am and my purpose. Um, I, I always find my faith calibrates me, like in a world that's so easy to drift in different directions, but I want to and I desire to be a person that loves others and helps others and serves others. But I'm also a human being and I can drift and become selfish so easily. And to me, my faith is always that recalibration of actually it gives me that perspective again that the world is bigger than me and that because I can have hope, I can hopefully reach out and help someone else with that hope. And so, and then everything from the well-being stuff as well, actually understand that my faith has been a route to peace for me. And I'm not saying that I'm always a person of perfect peace because I absolutely get stressed and feel anxious like everyone else. But faith is always my route back to that place of peace and joy. And so to me, like, you know, this, I, I, I genuinely, I could not see another way to live at this point. I couldn't live without my faith. I'm wholly committed to to the message of Jesus. I believe it is good news. It's been good news for me and for many people that I know. And um, yeah, as I sort of continue, you know, I'm only 33. I've got a lot of life left to continue learning and all of that, but um, I'm excited to do that. And my faith will be my companion for the rest of my life. I have no doubt of that. Yeah, that's powerful. And I think as well, as you see, having that hope and, you know, I think of the hardest times in my life and I think, well, yeah. I have my faith. 
I don't know how I would have got through that, you know, yeah. and, and there's a quote, it's like, there's no uh, atheist in a falling plane, you know, it's like that, that thought of you have to be in the, the darkest place to reach out and have yeah. a birthday. Um, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's keeping that in mind when you're, you're going through tough times that there is help there and you can, you can ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for bringing all of that knowledge today. And I'll put all the details in the show notes about the app and, and everything else. So keep inspiring and um, doing your part to help light up the world. Thank you, Jono. Thank you so much for having me. That chat with Ben really inspired hearing him talk so passionately about faith, wellness and all these really important themes. And I was so engrossed in what he was saying. I forgot to ask him at the end his mojo song. So we had a chat after and he said when he goes running. So one for your playlist. He loves listening to Griff Head on Fire. I think I'm losing my mind. So you can add that one to your playlist. Oh yeah, I think I'm losing my mind over you, over you. Oh yeah, Head on Fire by Griff, one to get shaken to. Over you, over night, It's a catchy one, isn't it? Sitting here with my head on fire. And his favourite worship song which is a very tricky one to decide because there's so many, is Promises by Maverick City. So guys, get the tunes blasting, get inspired, and yeah, look after that mojo. All my love to you. Have a great week. See you soon. Mwah.